0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Russ from my hammers Eleven. I hope you're all safe and well. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and hitting the bell icon so you're made aware of any I put new content on. Lots of stuff happening, as always, with the channel, but uh, make sure you hit the bell icon so you don't miss any of the great stuff we've got coming up. Um, today's guest, another one of our Knees Up Mother Brown uh, friends of the channel. We've had Graham, we've had Gordon, now we've got Steve. It's Steve Rio Barlow. How you doing, Steve?
1: I'm okay, thanks, mate. How are you?
0: Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Not too bad, not too bad at all. How have you been since, you know, the world turned up in its head?
1: Uh, well, I work for the NHS, so oh, it's been incredibly busy. Um, yes. yeah, it's, it's probably been busier than ever at some stage, but um, of course, yeah, apart from uh, wasting a lot of money on lockdown purchases of various football tops and other sporting goods, you know, it's not been
0: too bad, you know. No, I know, rare, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, it's nothing to do about it, is it? So, as you said, just got to grin and bear it, and um, yeah, I know you
1: Ocean, That's what I
0: yeah exactly and and you're right it's um yeah it, it's funny that it? you start wanting to buy it as you said replica football tops and just random things because you're at home nothing to do instead of Amazon
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: I think my Amazon delivery driver I think we're, we're like personal friends now because he just oh, <laughs> he yeah. knows
1: exactly oh, brilliant. Off of Amazon.
0: Absolutely brilliant! I'm going to, have to give him a give him a Christmas bonus. But by, by the way, this is happening this year. But you know, yeah, you know, sort of, you know obviously West Ham sort of helped us a little bit towards the end, um, by yeah. turning out a few uh, a few performances, which wasn't uh, wasn't too shabby. And then uh, we'll see what happens come mid September. Yeah, yeah, I'm not actually
1: looking forward to the season start as per usual. I'm just got, we can't be there for now. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll.
0: Course, yeah, I'm sure eventually, isn't it? I mean, obviously, there's the, the test things at Brighton, and there's um, isn't it? I think actually, the the week or uh, it's that weekend that the Premier League starts up. I believe it's the SPL, we're having test events, there's like three or four test yeah. events that year as well. So, that week, so yeah. we'll see what happens in it. We'll what what, yeah, what will be will be, as you said, in it. And it's, and it's exactly. a shame that it's a shame that obviously people couldn't be there for the running, but you know thankfully you know at least we're in the same division we when the fans left that they came back to <laughs> yeah <laughs> s- s- small solaces but yes
1: you've got to take that you're a west ham fan you've got to take every little bit you can get you know just every little smidgen
0: yeah it's like it's, someone said to me the other day going to west ham is a bit like a chore particularly over the last sort of few months but it's a chore they want to do again and um, yeah. it's very true
1: yeah i know i know it's the old adage that people have come out with it's not just a football team it is a family you know mm. i've made some of the greatest friends i've ever had through this club you mm. know through the website even and you know we're not in it for the glory we're in it for those little moments that make you erupts in joy and the friendship Um, And that's what
0: makes West End West End for me. So true. It's so true. And you're right. So those two, three times a season that we turn up, that's what it is, two or three times that we actually turn up. But it's when, isn't it? It's when we turn up. You don't know
1: when. You don't know when. No. That's the great mystery about it, isn't
0: it? Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, when you look particularly at that run-in we had, you knew he was going to turn up at Chelsea. He was going to get something against Chelsea. He just did. But like... The Norwich game, where we were like played out of our skin, you know, I'd have had us down for a draw at least for that one. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it's so West Ham.
1: It's just, I mean, I mentioned on because we did a lot of talk through the games on the KMB. Yeah, and uh, I'm still fuming about Norwich. Uh It's my favourite away day. I mean, there's so many great pubs around there. Yeah, it's not a bad run on the train, you know. It's it's, it's just a really good away day, and we've never won in the league until this season. For I think since 1972. No
0: one year we can't go, what bloody will happens? You know? Yeah, and obviously we won't be able to do it for at least another season, so. It's the West Ham way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the West Ham way, though, isn't it, Steve? It is, it is. You can't plan, you, you can't, you know, that's why, you know, if anyone always asks me, you know, you to back at the weekend, never West Ham, never West Ham. Yep. You just can't. You just you just don't know you don't know what way they're going to, what team's gonna turn up.
1: Exactly. That's the great thing about it.
0: That is the great thing about it. And they don't and I think I think you know the the Liverpool's and Man City fans and Man United fans, they just don't get that. They don't get that no, sense of excitement.
1: They've got that sense of entitlement and um, that's what really makes me furious about them because they just expect to turn up the things and win trophies and stuff like that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love West Ham for the way we are, you know, that unpredictability, Mm. the camaraderie. Uh, I'd obviously, I would like to go through one season when we're actually decent and actually win Mm. something. But, you know, I think it might get a bit boring after after that. Once the glory's gone, let's get back to being the upsetters and having those little moments in life rather than just turn up expecting the win every week
0: just a little bit of glory that we can talk about for up to 40 years afterwards or, or yeah. um, <laughs> that's yeah. all we need once every like, like the world cup in it yeah. just so that's what we need once every 40 years would do us or so but
1: uh yeah <laughs> it'd be, it'd be normal, but i think you know if i've done us to turn into the likes of man city and man united and liverpool because they're detested throughout the league for um for a reason. Yeah. I'm sorry. Say, yeah. I'd rather be Western
0: than anyone else in this. Oh, definitely. And you're right. It's not just about the, that side, but as you said, it's the community side. And obviously, you know, through through the website, as you said, you met so many great friends and just yeah. hammers across the world. And that's what it's all about. That's what I sort of get out of this of this sort of whole channel is just meeting people all over the world who just you know the fact the only thing that connects them is the is a little crest really that they support <laughs> you know everything else is like it might be in the middle of india or or uh, i don't know in the middle of texas but they all support west ham and that's that's what's really surprised me is, is just how big our fan base is because i never really thought it was that big i thought it was, it was big but not like this big geographically it's huge yeah i
1: actually think i don't mean. When we moved to the Olympic Stadium, everyone said, oh, you ain't going to fit it, you ain't going to fit it. But we would. right? And again, going back to the success thing, we fit it and we filled the bowl in. On a regular basis, and we was pretty much garbage most of the time. (laughs) Imagine, imagine how many people we could try and get into that ground and how many demand for tickets with. We was actually decent for a little bit. Now, when we went to the payoff final, we could have sold the whole of Wembley. Now people underestimate the strength of our support, and obviously the move hasn't gone well for one reason or the other, and a lot of people lapse from going now. Yeah, but if you could kind of entice them back, our, our fan base is uh, far far stronger than a lot of people give us credit for. Oh yeah, definitely,
0: and it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's when um, when the team are performing well, um, the stadium's the last thing that people talk about exactly yeah and 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 that's 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 been unfortunate if we if we were you know red nap era esque fifth sixth seventh tenth whatever um the stadium people would maybe grumble but it wouldn't be as much of a grumble as two or three relegations dogfights in the last couple of years isn't it that's 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 basically west ham basically it's Um, divert
1: me it wasn't a pleasant experience and it was always going to take a lot of time yeah. and to get used to the new environment we won't go into the other stuff about promises made and stuff like yeah, that sure but um it has it has made the ability to moan about things a lot easier in the, in the last few years than perhaps we would have liked yeah. and um yeah, things need sorting out but it will
0: come. come. It will come. It will come. And I'm, and I'm, 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 a, I'm a, an eternal optimist when it comes to West Ham. So it's like after every season finishes, it's like, right, OK, next season's our season. And I've just got a feeling about this season. I don't know why. About three games in, it'll be, be completely changed and it'll be back to normal. But uh, <laughs> I, don't I, just, I don't know why. I just don't know why. That
1: long. It always takes one game if you're
0: back down to earth again, isn't it? Well, yeah. Newcastle, I think, bloody hell, that's a six pointer already. <laughs> First game of the season, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we'll see what happens yeah they're doing all right pre-season you know they, they've undefeated so through to the betway cup final as well again
1: i oh, know i mean that silverware is racking up you know <laughs> that betway cup you know we, we snapped, should be round the side of the, the yeah Where's it well because mean... well, i'm i'm gutted that it's not lined up on there yeah. yeah,
0: I mean that's that's, our, that's that's European glory. That's that's the last yeah. thing we've won since eighty. So I'm surprised that's not up there. But you think oh, I suppose three. when you you have three winners as well, don't you? Vince Inter Tater Cup that year, if I remember, there was three of us won. There was yeah, the finals mattered. So yeah, we we're the first English club. I think first and only
1: English club to win it as well. So be proud of your little achievements. Take
0: that. Yes, yeah, I think you've got you've got to take them when they come. You have to yeah. take them when they come, Steve. Steve. We, we see the West Ham shirt, we, we know all the knees at Brown stuff you do. Um, the first question I always ask everyone, he says, uh, 10 minutes into the interview, it's not too bad for me this time, is why is West Ham your club? What's your, like your origin story?
1: Um, sadly, my, my parents weren't born in Barcelona, so you know, <laughs> local club is geog- purely geography. Uh, born in Plasto brought up in Canyontown and Stratford, uh, when we emigrated to Dagenham. So yeah, I really had no choice, you know.
0: Uh, And
1: also when I was young, my parents obviously at work, uh, so my my grandmother and my my uncles looked after me quite a lot. And the journey from where we lived in Stratford to where my nan was in uh, East Ham, used to go on the S1 bus route. And that S1 used to go past this massive thing, like. Big Claret and blue stadium kind of thing. And once I've got the correlation between what like what that stadium was and when I went around my uncles, sport was always on the TV, you know. Yeah. You couldn't move for watching football and it was cricket and rugby on, but I I was always football from the about t- the age of two or three.
2: Mm.
1: And once I've got that link between that big building where I saw people milling about on a Saturday afternoon, uh, and the football and my wow. uncle supporting West Ham and all, and it was a natural thing, you know. I'm still I still got—I weren't born in Barcelona, but you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, you would have had a better time of it. Nice, nicer weather, as well.
1: Exactly.
0: But yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, end of the day, yes, you could have watched Guardiola, Iniesta, Xavi, uh, Stoichkov. You could have watched Messi. But I mean, you know, end of the yeah. day, you could, you got to see, you know, Gary Breen, you know, you yeah. got to see Paul Hilton, you know, you got to see some players. So, yeah. Titi
1: Kamara, Reggie Soma, yeah, you
0: know. <laughs> all the, greats, Raggy, right. all the greats, Raggy so Soma, Reggie Soma, that's a good shout. I remember Titi. <laughs> it was Titi Kamara's debut. I, I think I have a, I think it. I remember going to Leicester away. It was a Christmas. Uh, it was a Christmas game, or over the Christmas period. And I've got a fe- feeling that might have been his debut. And because I just remember just, just vividly laughing, just, just laughing at the fact that we had Titi Kamara playing for us. But uh, yeah, oh, bless him. Exactly. So, you know, you've you got, you got to give your yin and yang, you know. Yeah, nice weather, but, you know, you wouldn't have got to see Roger Johnson playing the a blue shirt. So...
1: Exactly.
0: he Swings and roundabouts, really, you know, oranges and yep. lemons and all that. Do you remember your first game, Steve?
1: Yeah, it was Boxing Day 1983. Um, We played Southampton at home. uh, Mm. And as is the West Ham Way, we lost 1-0. Oh,
0: very good. Uh,
1: But um, five days later, uh, because the bloke my dad used to work with took me. He took me first ever. And uh, he just saw that I was really hooked by the atmosphere. I think I spent more of the time watching the crowd as I I did the football that
2: day.
1: But five days later, uh, we had Tottenham at home, and you went, would you like to come again? And I went, of yeah, course I would. And we won 4-1 that day, and uh, I don't think life's ever got any better, to be honest. <laughs> that was an amazing game. Uh, yeah, it's still one of the highlights of my West Ham career. I always say it's a career because it feels like a bloody job at times. No I, nice I, no, I agree.
0: No, I always call it a career because I think it is a career. You're right. It's like, you know, most people, you know, you think when you retire, you, don't, you never retire from West Ham. Um, he's always there, so it's even worse than the career. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, typical West Ham yeah, you first. But I mean, you know, by losing at your first game, at least that sort of set you in along the path of being a West Ham fan for the rest of your fan career. So it's like, yeah, and Definitely, then obviously, yeah. obviously turning up against Tottenham again. That's that's pretty, that's pretty normal for a West Ham team. So yeah, that's set end
1: up for the rest of my supporting life. So I knew what was coming, really. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was, but yeah, I, I was from that very moment walking that ground, and just mm. sensing the atmosphere, and the walk down Green Street, and just, just it's the sights, the scent, it's everything, you know. And mm. as soon as I walked in there, I felt I felt that hung, yeah. uh, and that never left me at the bowling. You know? And um, as I've grown older, got to know more people, um, yeah. it goes back again. It's like a family. You, you feel like hung, you know. You can go up and down the country. I mean, I used to go to games quite often, and um, there was times when my friends couldn't go, for work commitments and stuff, but I had no qualms about traveling up to Middlesbrough or Newcastle on my own mm. because I knew on the journey there, once I got the ground in and around the stadium, I'd bump into people that I would yeah. know, like either personally or just by sight. And, yeah, you know, that's how you make friends, and that's why I feel this is a family.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, oh, absolutely, no doubt. You know, I've been very fortunate enough since doing this that I've been let into a lot of, you know, private groups on Facebook and stuff like that. And it is just a big family. And, you know, when we did the um, we did a big charity event, obviously, last week for uh, Iron Supporting Food Banks, and that was just an epitome of the West Ham family because, like, we had different YouTubers. We had people phoning me up, d- donating stuff, people dropping stuff off at my house. Uh, you know, people I've never met physically you know turning up my house you know Calling town len turned up at my house you know what I mean? it's like it's like it's so uh you know it's brilliant and but it's so true i mean even before you know you've seen people who obviously had a lot you know obviously during these last sort of few months a lot of tragedy and stuff and you just see everyone just clubbing together and, and supporting everyone yeah. and keeping the banter going and stuff and i think that's that's what people miss is that sort of human interaction you know face to face rather than zoom and as you said you're doing the watch alongs which is great and obviously other channels do it as well and it tries to keep some sort of that match day banter isn't it along and uh yeah good fun they are good fun those watch alongs i love them
1: they're a bit a uh a bit tense at times and it makes you appreciate the guys who do it professionally because sometimes you get thrown a question i just think like i don't know i'm watching the tv i can't really say you know it's like it, it's very tough, tough going, but no, it's hugely enjoyable doing it.
0: It oh, is. yeah, I know. We were doing some, I know some of the other channels have been doing the, uh, obviously the watch alongs for the friendly games and, uh, I, I popped in on one of them because I was at the ground for the, for, the, for the Brentford game and I popped in because it was like absolutely I mean it was just nothing to do and I was doing I was just sat there with them it was just really funny because I was like watching it and I'm like three minutes ahead of everyone else so so they're watching my reaction to see if West Ham had scored or there's a close goal and yeah no it's good fun it's good fun it's all banter it everyone has a yeah. giggle and uh, I don't think we actually commentated on the game we were just talking about just life in general. Oh, shit, the game's on. Um, Yeah, uh, Brentford on the tack, anyway. Um, anyway, back to, back to your car, Nigel. That's the way you, you know. Oh, I just <laughs> love it. And everyone loved it. It was good fun. Um, Right, Steve, let's talk about your 11. So I'm looking forward to this because, you know, right. Right, not being, you know, I'm not, you know, you, you're you an exper- you've had a long career. Let's just say that from sort of yeah. the early 80s. Yeah.
1: So
0: a uh... nice span.
1: I'd say, like, my, my first game was in 80, I played Boxing Day 83. Um, yeah. During the 85 86 season, much to my dismay, and it's typical of me being a West Ham fan, uh, I had a job over at Beckham Football Club as a ball boy that year. So, and our <laughs> games were at, at class with a home game to West Ham. So, I only got to about three or four that season, which just sums me up, basically, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Uh, and I started. I, i so I started going regularly the, the following season and from between 89 up until obviously this year, I think I've only missed about six home games in that time. Oh. So, um, yeah, I've racked up a few, uh, yeah. obviously I'm a parent now. So I mean, my boy he's 20, he comes with me every week. Uh, he's wow. incredibly booked. My daughter's been a few times, my youngest son, he's been a few times, he enjoys it. Um, so, yeah, my parenthood was supposed to take take the four, but um, much to my <laughs> on West Ham went a little bit first at times, so... <laughs> well, luckily, my wife's a bit understanding that matters, but uh, yeah. So, I've, I mean, I've racked up, if you include friendlies and testimonials, which I don't normally, I mean, I've, I've done over a thousand games, I'd say. Wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's mental. But, yeah. But
1: uh, I think my my core years really started about eighty-seven, eighty-eight onwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I figured out the other day, um, someone asked me how many times I'd played on Forever Bright Bubbles at Upton Park and London Stadium. And I, and I tried to figure it out. And I think it was over at least... Fifteen hundred times I've played that song, and um, and it's just crazy when you when you sit down and think about you think about you know a thousand games, you know times ninety times the fifty you know how much how much time you've how many years you've watched West Ham solidly. It's mental. It's like my wife; she watched like. Those box sets, and you go, you go. She's watched the box set on Netflix in about two or three days, and you figure it out. Joe, you, you've you've watched like twenty four hours solid, solidly in the last week. You know, it's, that's a day. That's the whole of Wednesday. Um, it's scary when you think of it like that. But um, I mean, in terms of in terms of the My Hammers Eleven, I mean, the only criteria is really that you have to be alive to have seen them play. Not necessarily seen them live, but being alive to see them play. The reason why I say that is obviously some people um, are unfortunate or fortunate, depends how you look at it, to never have seen West Ham play live because they might be in Mumbai or in Texas or maybe they've only seen two or three games. So that would very much diminish their their options. (laughs) So that's the only rule. But, you know, formation I'm not fussy about anymore as well now, Steve. So, you know, I've got soft in my old age. So that's basically the only thing. And it's your 11, so you can talk about whoever you want. Doesn't have to be the best players. Could just be the players that are closest to your heart. Might be the worst players. I mean, we had. I mean, we had Graham doing a, a Robbins eleven or a locked locked up eleven. I think he called them. Whatever. Yeah. And that's that's the fun. You can do whatever you want, Steve. Um, so we'll start off in goal. Who's in goal for the Steve eleven?
1: Right. So I'm going for a four four two, and yes. um, I'm going with players that I love and admire. Yeah. Um now in goal, uh I had a bit of a tough choice for this one. There there's three main candidates for me. Uh Phil Parks of was a natural. Uh and he would have made the number one slot, but I really only saw him when the knees had started to go. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. You know, and um he was still a great keeper. It just that he wasn't at that really kind of Superb level of that first oh, yeah. seven, eight years he was with us. Yeah. So, big film misses out, unfortunately, uh, as does Rob Green, who I thought was a pretty immense keeper for us. You
2: uh. know?
1: And what I loved about Rob Green at all is that he not only did he keep us in a lot of games, when the Arsenal game at, at the Emirates, yes. it's, it's a standout performance for me. But uh, when he made mistakes, because all keepers do,
2: mm.
1: you know, he used to turn around to the. What? Poppy pop him off where I sat and put his hand up and say sorry you know you don't mm. see keepers doing that you know but no. so I just love him for that as well but my number one is um, Ludo yeah and um, it's pure and simple like obviously i just said like when of the field parts of him he he's creaking a little bit and he was like mm. the signs of wear and tear crept in All of a sudden, this massive geezer come in, (laughs) couldn't speak a word of English. All he could hear was keeper. He had to kick the ball further than I've seen Phil Park kick it in in seven or eight years. Uh, He's just an immense shot stopper and I I grew emotionally attached to Ludo. Uh, Mm. So much so, Went at the Mark Noble testimonial, when he he made that appearance late on, didn't he? I think he had Mm. the last 15 20 minutes. When everyone started singing the song, uh, my eyes were welling up. I got all yeah. really emotional about it. I, I, like I, just, I just love the man. He's just an absolutely immense man. I'm lucky to met him a couple of times and all. Wonderful keeper, wonderful person.
0: Yeah, he is. And and you and that's the one thing I really uh, you know I really didn't think about when I started doing this show was hearing about the individual stories because obviously yeah, you've met him a few times. You know, people have met someone like Ludo and. Just he comes across. I mean, yeah, he contacted me because I asked him to come on the show. But he, he says oh, my English is so crap. I, you know, I don't like. And I, you know, it's not like, fair enough. I get that. That's all right. We'll we'll get him here eventually. We'll force him. Um But yeah, I mean, talking yeah. to like the Scandinavian hammers and the time he had for the Scandinavian hammers. You know, literally coming back from like a player dinner back to the the ho- what was the hotel then at the Bowling, um, and yeah. spent three or four hours with the guys and just such a lovely bloke. He just... Yeah. I mean, you know... I was. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I lived around where he used to live, around that area, and his son was at school and we would always play that school and it was always, you know, we knew because Ludo would turn up and Martin would be there and he was all right. He wasn't a bad player, Martin. But, uh, but you yeah, know, he, he was just a lovely bloke. Absolutely superb bloke. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And it was one of those things where... I think with Ludo, you're right. He was just the first of of an, of a new modern era. You know of these sort of athletic-looking goalkeepers, where Phil Parks was like, you know, even Shilton and stuff. They're just quite imposing, like bulky characters. And and this, like as you said, just and the way he used to kick it as well. He used to kick it really funny, didn't he? Like almost like on the like on the side and just wallop it, as you said. And um, yeah. nah, love him. Absolutely love him. Right, okay. Yeah, just a,
1: that's
0: amazing Oh, brilliant, brilliant brilliant keeper. Right, okay, let's go uh let's go left back then. So if you're playing four, four, two. Steve, who's your left back?
1: This is the easiest choice out of the whole eleven. Um I've never seen another left back as good as him for West Ham And I really don't think I will ever again. Uh yep. the one and only Julian Dix.
0: Oh sorry, I you said, I was Raspberry Rat, sorry. Julian <laughs> Dix, <Dicks>, yep. <yeah. laughs>
1: Yeah, I think, again, what a guy! So. You know, uh, yeah. from his debut, off, I think it was at a hundred eleven, wasn't it, when he made his debut back in about eighty eight. He just looked a natural West Ham player. He had, yeah, you know, he had a wonderful left foot. He had passion, he had desire, an eye for goal. Um, he's an absolute warrior, and all. You know, I mean, this is the thing about my team. Throughout my team, I've got three or four. Core of players that I would put my life on the line with, you know, because I knew they'd yeah. back me up every single time. Mm. Julian Dix is possibly the greatest left back never to play for England, and oh, definitely, He's it, just an amazing player, wasn't he? And mm. also, decent taste in music, and all. I mean, I'm not the world's biggest Maiden fan, but a couple of my friends are, but of uh, my what they do, that's kind of up the alley that I like, so. That's
0: the ice on the cake for me. Julian Dix is yeah. an amazing player and I feel privileged to have watched him. Definitely. Definitely. And obviously a dad again
1: at 53.
0: Yep. Yeah. You should know better by now. <laughs> you should know better by now, particularly as he's got to try and guide the <laughs> West Brom to Premier League safety next season. Now oh, I was having another kid. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, could not do yeah. that at all. <laughs> could not do it. I'm looking forward to obviously welcoming him and Slav back as well because, you know, it oh, was, yeah. Um, Right, Julian's in. Uh, let's go. Let's go right back then, Steve. Let's go the other side.
1: So for me, uh, there was two choices. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. Tim Breaker misses out. Um, again, Tim Breaker was um, a great player. He came in exactly yeah. the right moment. Uh, he was like a machine, wasn't he? He was just up and down yeah. that right wing, um, defended well, attacked well. He was a consummate professional. But um, for me, Ray Stewart because Hmm. um when when i first started going he was just tough tackling no nonsense scottish kind of not book psycho you have that streak about him where you think i wouldn't want to mess with him no but versatile along with julian the the two greatest penalty takers i've ever seen west ham
2: Hmm.
1: uh was just uh, so dependable and You know, great value we've got. We're signed from Dundee United for about £400,000. And we got 10, 15 years' worth out of him. Um, What a great player. I'd say versatile. And also, again, I've met him at at the West Ham event before. And what a bloody nice bloke and all.
0: Wonderful chap. Wonderful bloke. There's no two ways about it. He's a a lovely guy. Um, He's coming on eventually coming on the channel eventually but he don't like doing the zoom things that's the trouble <laughs> doesn't <laughs> like doing all this so but bless him he phoned me up to say look russ i'm not ignoring you i'd i'd love to do it but i just don't like doing it but then we must have chatted for about an hour and a half about foot about west ham and he, he's like, that's what i mean he's just and i never met the man but he was a beautiful man and um obviously Watching a lot of the, the high, you know, a lot, a lot of obviously old footballs, which you did knock down because nothing else to watch. Um, Yeah, what a great, what a great sort of penalty taker. Yeah. And nerves are still, what apparent nerves are still, you know, like obviously that, that sort of bad penalty in the quarter, it the semis or the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and, you know, last minute. Yeah. Last in the League Cup final. um, And I think his ratio shows it, I think he only missed about, was it eight out
1: of 92 or something like that? Mental. it's phenomenal and he struck a ball so hard as well again going back to what the second game we went to that 4-1 over Tottenham
2: mm.
1: I think he scored well he definitely scored that game and unfortunately he was in the time when the TV cameras were not there. Yeah. but he hit a rocket from about 35 yards and it oh, that has stuck with me forever and um, I, I just wish I could watch that again you know but yeah. lie at the time as what was I? 11 year old that was just an amazing moment it, yeah the whole
0: ground erupted and I thought oh, this is it this is for me yeah well that was like my my first game the first well, actually the first goal that I saw was very was a uh, was was the opposition the opposition score after about 30 seconds um and I remember that my granddad went to me turned around that's it get used to that you've got that for rest of your life <laughs> I didn't believe him until now obviously um but it was then a Julian Dix sort of 35 Thunderbolt, you know, that he would do more than regular. And as you said, the places are right. And I, I can still see it now. It in my head because I was in the East End. I can still see it. He cut, you know. And um, it's, it's weird how things like that just stick in your mind. But uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. And obviously, you, you know, what I like about Ray as well, he's always really nicely turned out. He's always in a nice suit. He always looks, you know, looks after his you know his appearance. he's a lovely bloke. Yeah. Can't understand the word he's saying though, <laughs> but it don't matter apart from that. Okay, raising. Let's go set a backs. <laughs> have you got centre the backs then, Steve?
1: Right. Um the man who misses out for me, uh, was Mr Billich. Didn't have a very long stay for us, but um no. I was just completely enamoured by him. He just it was a world apart when he played for us uh, so mm. it's with regret i don't pick him but um mr alvin martin gets in as one of my choices yep um he was there from 78 through <laughs> the mid 90s yeah. and he seemed to get better with age you know obviously slower and a little bit bolder, but mm-hmm. positionally he was superb oh man, what a player mm-hmm. there's only one thing i've got against alvin Right. I don't know if you remember when Yeah Mouldby joined Liverpool from what's it, some kind of club in Denmark, wasn't it? Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah. So
1: within six weeks, I think he I went did. from speaking like completely Danish into being a complete scouser. You know, and I just thought, how yeah. did that happen? Alvin's been living in London for like the best part of the forty years.
0: Yeah,
1: and he's still got that nice accent. I mean, even more come stuff. on, mate, lose yeah. it some.
0: Yeah, but it's like when it's like, when, like when the English guys go over to America and, and then that becoming more like Danny Dyer because people think they're Australian. That's what I always used to do. When I was in America, they'd always think I was Australian. And then I'd go really, really, really mock me just to make it sound like <laughs> I was really from London or from England, you know, uh, and try to explain from Essex rather than London. It's like you know, I didn't know where Essex was, but yeah, I know what you mean. You think he would have at least really sort of it would softened the Scouse accent since then, but yeah, it's so harsh. It's not a bit of it. I don't think, no, I don't think we'll ever. Yeah, I don't think you ever would do. To be honest, um, well, it was like. Um,
1: what I love uh, about Albion is that he still loves his. You know? Oh yeah, and I think that was shown after the. Um, the Chelsea game at Stamford Bridge last season. Mm. Yeah. when him and David in the stands, that for me encapsulates what West Ham's all about, you know. Mm. Um, That was one of the most heartwarming things I think I've seen in the football ground for a a long, long while. And um, Mm. that says a lot, not only about the club, but about Alvin himself, you know. know, Obviously, he was his son. He was immensely proud. But I think that time that lengthy time out of West Ham is ingrained in his heart and, um, oh definitely yeah that man is a man he's a legend mm. absolute legend for me i be mine
0: definitely definitely and you're right he's sort of an adopted Cockney isn't he so as you said oh, he's lived goodness. here for 40 odd years he still lives in the area um and uh, yeah, you're right. And I think yeah, I think there's a sense in that Chelsea game. It was yeah, it was his son, but it was his son playing for his team, which his son yeah. supported as well. And it was like a real family moment, wasn't it? It was lovely. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah. Okay, right. Alvin's in. Who's Alvin partnering in the centre then, Steve?
1: Okay, my favourite ever player. Um, people. I still think people underestimated his contribution at this club. Um, Steve Potts. No. Um, again, a lengthy servant for us, but what a player. I mean, he started yeah. off as a, and he'd probably agree with me. As a right back, he was a little bit on the iffy side, you know, he was yeah. a
2: little
1: bit suspect, uh, a little bit unsure of himself, but a couple of injuries and a couple of positional changes. I think, we had a cup game against Aldershot back in the early 90s, and he got shifted into the centre midfield. And um, i, I said the quality of opposition was quite low, but um, he just looked like a, a more natural player in that central role.
2: Yeah.
1: And a few weeks later, injuries at the centre half, and he dropped back in that center wide position. Yeah. And despite his diminutive stature, what a player. You know, He just looked yeah. quite an absolute natural. And for a four-year period in about the early to mid-90s, when he won amateur year twice, he was runner-up so, once so or that, twice, yes. too, so, in, so in that, a four-year yeah. period. He never mm. got his name sung from the stands, which kind of... No,
0: you're right. You're right, yeah.
1: Um. But he was just quietly so efficient, you know, uh, dependable. I think I can count on one hand the mistake he made. I don't need to bring that up when it was, but... Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, what I mean, what a player! I mean, and I think the biggest uh, testimony I can give him is during that early United period. I think one of the league's best strikers, uh, uh, Ian Wright, much of the hate to admit it, it was quality. Uh, it took I think Ian Wright about ten games before he actually got the better of Pottsy. So he actually managed to notch a goal right off. he always had him in his pocket. He just
2: yeah. he
1: used to like let the likes out of him. Mark Reaper, uh, whoever playing alongside him, go up for the mm. headers. Watch used to just to drop off two or three yards. Any kind of error, he just kind of sweep up and tidy up. It was just so quietly efficient and deadly in a way. You know? I just wish he'd scored a couple more goals. That's the only thing. Mm. Yeah, you know. But yeah. yeah. I, you know, he's one of the, one player that I've never met. Uh, who I think I'd be so starstruck. I'd, I'd end up crying if I ever met him. You know. Yeah. I'll, so much admiration for that man. It's unreal. But yeah, yeah, he'd
0: be the first time on my team show every single day. Yeah. And yeah, and family. obviously, still in the club under twenty threes, coach as well, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, you know, we're work. I'm working on him. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got friend. I've got friends in places working on him because I think it'd be really good. I think it'd be really interesting to hear about because you don't speak, to, don't hear Stevie a lot, do you? On, no, on, not- on interviews and but stuff. Yeah. And so,
1: I mean, I'm, I consider myself a quite quiet and shy person normally mm. and uh he's very much the same ilk. I've, I've been told mm. so uh yeah yeah I mean yeah. just exactly. what a, what an absolute legend
0: for me an absolute oh absolutely definitely 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 um and uh you're right and you spent uh, you know obviously one of the obviously when when breaker came into the as you said there's a few and obviously when breaker came in at right back then Stevie was never going back into right back as you said with the injuries and stuff as well yeah. and um just read the game really well wasn't he uh, just read the really? game fantastically
1: yeah it's amazing what a position changer about 10 yards can do because he went <laughs> yeah. from being an average player for me into one of the finest players that i've ever seen so well i mean it's that a similar little, that little shift in position maybe you right good.
0: yeah you're totally right i mean it's a similar thing i mean you know i mean i mean deck was always going to be a, a first teamer but you know, from being a, a, a centre back, you know, moving him a few yards forward, he just has a total different influence to the game, and and yeah. you know, and it's you know, I'm 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 very much in the in the camp of do not put him back into centre back, please, um, <laughs> Mr Lampard or Mr Southgate, um, because I just think England and West Ham, or and eventually when he goes to another club, we know he's going eventually. Um, It'd be a loss yeah. because i think he just he's such a good position he plays such a unique position um in that central midfield yeah. anyway we move on uh so that's your back four as your goalkeeper um midfield left midfield maybe first
1: left midfield um oh, this was an incredibly tough one uh i had two players down uh i think if it hadn't been for the fact that I I obviously caught him towards the tail end of his, his time at West Ham when injuries yeah. had took their toe a little bit. Um, it would have been Dev every single day mm. of the week. Um, but for me, uh, and I know it's not the most popular choice ever, but Mr. Payet. Um, I, agree. I mean, we only had him for just over a year, but, uh, that, that season, and a bit was it probably the, technically the greatest player of have seen play for us. I agree. Um, I've never seen a West Ham player who I thought, when he was on the pitch, he could single, single-handedly turn the game around on his own. Yeah. He's very, we've obviously, we've got one or two we've had like that, but every time he was there, you never thought he was beaten. I mean, no. we're not really good at... Coming from behind in, uh, in games, right? we never have been, but that season, we used to go turn 0 down. I used to turn around a bit and go, "It's fine, Vinny's <laughs> out there. We're going to be fine." You, yeah? the amount of time yeah. he did it, yes. Yeah, and he's throwing them free kicks, them free kicks. I mean, again, it's not something we've actually thrived on. I know we're not one or two a season if we're if we're lucky, but he's banging in like free kicks from impossible distances and angles for fun what a player i'm just uh, player. We're obviously no one really knows what went on behind the scenes and
0: no
1: reason for the departure but um what a player and i just yeah i'm still i'm still stunned we actually had him you now it brought so much joy to me in that that 15 80 month period that god oh dear again That's
0: i'm personally like, the that i mean it just no, it's, it's true. It was just, I think it's it's part of, you know, he he was part of the that, that whole that season story that we wouldn't have had that season without him. And I'll always be thankful for that. And you say it's an unpopular choice. To be honest, most people put Putt Pie in their team because he was technically the best player I've personally ever seen at West Ham. And I think a lot of people as well. Yeah. And just for the whole... Extra, it's almost if we if it wasn't our last season at the bowling, um, and he and he played 18 months, he may well have got lost in the you know, in the in the because it was so good, but he had it was even elevated even more because of the, it being the last season at Upton Park and obviously the first yeah. one at London Stadium. and He scored against that Middlesbrough goal where he beat everyone twice and stuff like that. And, um, and having a having a having a player who was you know, a Ballon d'Or nominee as well. It's like, that's never happened at West Ham or likely to have happened again. Um, and, you know, a man who was, he was like, you know, the, one of the top guys at the Euros as well. Again, never happens at West Ham. Yep. You know, when people are slapping your back because he scored a goal for, you know, when well, well I'm in the pub, well am Russ, you know, like, cause Pyatt scored a free kick for France. It's like, I did all of that. Yeah. It was, it was all me, but, um, no, he was just a, a a fantastic football player. Not the passion of like a Di Canio, but like he was just mesmeric, and he just did it. From I remember that South End, that South End friendly. I think he whips in a he whips in a free kick, and I think he whips in like a cross for the goal, or whatever. And from then on, you know, from then it was Arsenal. He was beating all you know, all those players like, and then Liverpool away. Yeah, we had, yeah, people moan about our sort of season you know our gate runs the games we that season yeah was it arsenal away liverpool away i think we played man city away, city away. all in the first those, four yeah know, three of
1: them all three of them in one league game away from Omar the other yeah and um, what we'd give we have that now yeah yeah no i'll just move on mate All the to cry
0: <laughs> yeah all right let's go right let's go right wing right field.
1: okay um I might have to make a late last minute change, yeah? Oh. So I feel gu- gutted over and picked Dev.
0: Like late fitness test. You See, can, you put, Dev it... on, can you put Dev on the bench if you've already got a right winger. Like, you can have a bench play if you want. It's up oh, might.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Dev.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Right. An apologies to Trevor Sinclair because, sorry, Trev, but... No. He's in Devonshire, mate, yeah? No. <laughs> the man who glided up and down either wing, yeah, uh, like, like you just floating on out. Um, yeah. as, as I said, when I caught most of like, his post Wigan injury career, um, mm-hmm. he reinvented himself a little bit. Yeah. he wasn't relying on the pace as much because his knee had gone a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but what an amazing, again, another amazing player, so technically gifted. Ah, oh, dear Again, it's just majestic. I mean, it, can you imagine actually watching the side? We have a high a one wing, damage on the other wing. You
0: know I mean? mm. but on right. but unlike unlike the modern playing surface as well, like the bowling greens. Exactly, like, right? that, could you imagine? that? that's that's the one thing. That's one thing I I. I didn't really grasp as much until watching because obviously we've had interview devon and, and Macca and people like that and they talk about that chelsea game and they beat them 4-0 at chelsea and the the month and it was just like a sand pit it was all and they went back and looked at the highlights and i was like oh my yeah. god you know what they were doing on those bogs was incredible um it's
1: not that I mean, has not only the pitches but also they was dealing with basically folks at times you know They those allowed them mm-hmm. get away with so much it would, which is why dev's career sadly got hindered yeah. for a little about 18 months oh but what I mean what an amazing plan if he'd have been playing today he would have fried wouldn't he he would have oh, ah yeah. it been just an absolute joy to watch yeah so i like to say apologies to trevor sinclair because he yeah. was pursuing because when he joined us what again versatile i for goal tricky yeah. just a quality player so oh, sorry boy, trevor yeah. but, it's Alan mate. I'm
0: sorry. Sorry, Trev, but it's Dev. There we go. It rhymes. All right. Okay. Central midfield then. Central midfield then. Who are we going to go, Steve? For?
1: Okay. Again, can I make an apology first?
0: Of course, you can. No mentions. mention. Uh, I'd like
1: to apologise to William Bishop, who during
0: the early 20s. you're you're killing me, Steve. Do you know why? You're killing me because because Bish always retweets when he's in the team, and Trevor always retweets when he's in the team. God. <laughs> anyway, yes, carry we- on, man.
1: Mate, that's me, Bench. No, but bitch, what, what, a, what an amazing player. I mean, yeah, he always wanted the ball. To, it means he has like one of his poor games, he never hid. Mm. No, and everyone said like he was just like there playing that, but he could get his foot stuck in when he wanted to. But when he had the ball, he had so much time and mm. vision. Um, I'm so gutted that I'm um, not putting him in, but it will become apparent, okay. Because. These two gentlemen I'm picking in the centre of midfield, they work as a pair. Um, First of all, Billy Bonds. I don't have to say anything. Um, A true warrior, a leader of men. um, Probably one of the nicest guys in football. Um, Mm. Someone who, again, can bring me to tears. I mean, opening the the Billy Bond stand yeah
0: exactly yeah.
1: seeing the man that I thought was virtually indestructible that emotional
0: yeah
1: it, it triggered off a bit of a chain reaction to Bobby Moller I've got to say because um, yeah, yeah I, I, you don't have to say anything about Bill other than yeah. he's Mr West Ham and in mm. the role that I've got him playing um, obviously everyone thinks he's just a hard man he, he, all he was was a bit of a broser and a he wasn't, he could play football. Yeah. You know, he, he was an incredibly good player. It's just that because he was such a tough nut, that um, people kind of associate him with that more than the actual football ability. But you don't yeah. get to six, seven hundred games at the highest level without being a yeah. terrific player. No. But um, alongside him, um, and the reason that builds him as a little bit of a protector as well as a player. He's the one and only Trevor Brooking, Who, obviously, I didn't get to see many times uh, when I first started coming, because he retired the first season I started attending games. But um, I saw enough of him. Um, mm. And even at the... This was the tail end of his career. I saw enough of him in person to realise that all those things I'd seen on TV weren't just, like... Know when you're a kid and you kind of think everything on TV is sometimes a myth. Yeah, when you see that man in action with a football, he's big joy to behold. You know, Um, again, going back, one of the nicest people you ever wish to meet, and I've been fortunate enough to do that. Just what an incredibly talented, uh, Mm. gifted. Humble and amazing player and person, yeah. You know, yeah, as a kid growing up, one of the players I always went to see before at the ground was Trevor brooking yeah. And I managed to do it a few times, not as many as I would have liked to, but um, I'll be able to take that to my grave. I actually saw him in person, and I'm Mm. I'm a richer man for it,
0: yeah. And and I mean, you know, just just a West Ham man, you know, what I mean, it's like. Nowadays, you know, when when teams get relegated, they're off ski, aren't they? You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> but he yeah. stayed there and he still played regularly for England, and you know, didn't want to leave when you know offers were coming in for you know the Forest or Liverpool, wherever you know, yeah. like you know, just uh just such a unique person, such so unique. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go up front. If we got up front, then Steve.
1: Okay, um, I think the only person I really have to apologise for leaving out is Tony Cotty, because um, throughout my whole my early oh, years. Oh, it's another one.
0: Tony Cotty always reads. Do you know what? I'm gonna
1: <laughs> have free stuff. A, I've got my free stuff.
0: <laughs> all right, TC's not in. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry,
1: Tone. Um, obviously, when I was growing up, uh, All right, yeah, goes law, gold, but um. Mainly because my first choice, Paolo Di Canio. Yeah, uh, for, for that period when he joined us for the next two three years, I think was probably the uh, the first world class player I've seen pay for us. And again, yeah, like Paie, you just the ground lit up. when he when the ball was these feet. The whole ground lit up. You know, you just you just mm. didn't know. You knew something special could happen at any moment. Yeah, you know, it uh, he, he was. I know I keep repeating the same thing. What a fantastic player! But it, he yeah. was in. He I've got seen the ball, it. and you just thought, "Whoa, what's going to happen here?" You know. But you combine the ability with the passion. Uh, yeah. Everyone said, that, "Oh, you he can he play up north." But I can remember going to Millers when him scoring the winner up there. And Middles was as far north as I ever want to go again, to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, oh, what, can, what, can I, what else can I say about him? That, again, an absolute West Ham legend. People, but a lot, there's a few people on on KOMB who very much anti decanyo and I can never understand it, because for that two or three-year period, he year period, gave me so mm. much joy, you know? Yeah. He was just a world-class, amazing player. He might have been a handful for pitch, but you could get
0: away whatever you wanted, mate, because you are superb. Yeah. Yeah, it's first totally right. Yeah, you're totally right. And when they say he couldn't get up North, he played... How many years did he play Celtic? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> People forget that yeah. Scotland's as North he can get, mate. You know yeah. what I mean? But, uh, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, that's I, I totally totally agree with what you say. You know, I think Pyot was technically the best player I've ever seen, but Dekane was the best player because I think you've got technicality, but then you've got passion. And I just think you need yep. both to be uh, to, to, to be ingrained as a West Ham legend. You need not only the ability, because, you know, we don't mind. If people haven't got the ability, but they're still playing and they're putting a shift in, you sort of, you know, yeah. they get let off there a little bit, you know what I mean? Because they're trying. But you, very occasionally, you'll get a guy who puts it in although sometimes he's a bit fun, temperamental, but that's Palo, um, some, but puts in, but has incredible technical ability. And those guys are always, end up being West Ham legends just because they do both. They have the ability and they and they try as well. And um, he was just, he was just a soap opera, a one man soap opera. That's why I loved him. Because you got excited, you got to the game, you didn't know, you knew Palo was playing, you didn't know what was going to happen. It was that whole era, that whole rednap era was just a crazy, crazy time to be a West it, Ham fan.
1: You go to football to be entertained, and that man yeah. delivered in immense quantities. But he also got us. I know. Yeah, you're right. It's big way that you see that like all these foreign players come over like kiss the badge, pump the heart, and all that. I think he actually meant it, and I still mm. think he meant it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. he got us. He got us. You know? He did. So yeah, yeah every third of the week, had I be on my side.
0: Yeah, good shout. All right, who's Palligan going to partner in the middle in that front then, Steve? Last player.
1: And this one is with a little bit of a sadness, I'm saying it's because he never achieved what he could have done, and that's Dean yeah. Ashton.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He was sadly taken from... I know it sounds I've like brought him off and passed him away there, but... I know what you mean. put me in point of view... Yeah. He was lost, not just to West Ham, but to England as well, because... Definitely. He had everything. He had everything. Mm. Positionally, he was as astute, as a positional forward, as a thing, intelligent. He was great in the air. He was decent on the floor. People say yeah. he was slow. Like he wasn't the quickest in the world, but I, I remember a goal we he scored a cross against Everton. where he ran the length of the pitch using sheer strength to hold off. I, I can't remember the defender's name now, because I didn't need to know because Ashton def- muscled that him all the way. Him, yeah. 30, 40 yards. Yeah. But again, what player? And um it's just so sad that injury had tarnished and ruined his career when it did.
0: Because he only <laughs> West Ham's number nine period, but England's number yeah. nine as well. Yeah, I mean it's it's it was it's just so West Ham, was not it? You know, <laughs> he, gets, he gets you know, he gets caught up to the England squad, he gets completely taken out by the smallest player ever. You know what I mean? It's not like he <laughs> right. was like a a yeah. big defender, it was Sean fucking white Phillips, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's such a shame because, again, he could have gone on to achieve so much. And, and like I said, not just from a West Ham point of view. I'm selfish and I always put West, West, mm. West Ham first. But from an international point of view, at the time, England would have gone out for a Yeah, that part for ruiny. Really... Yeah, and he would have filled that role oh, no better than anyone I can think of.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And 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 you're right. He wasn't the quickest, but he had enough pace to get past people. Is that too young? I remember that. Yep. that you know, he was skillful enough. I remember obviously the the semi final we 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 did the did the centre backs in you know in the FA Cup and what's uh, and, yep. and did the you know and it was just you know and obviously the, the the bicycle kick against Man United and and obviously Martin Noble testimonial bicycle kick. Yep. You know, it's like <laughs> still had it. You know, and it is. He's, uh, and again, a lovely bloke and speaks really highly of West Ham and stuff. And they all do, you know, all yeah, everyone, it seems like they, that. Everyone you've picked, you know, would would speak very highly of West Ham because they just got the fans and the fans got them. And
1: I think it goes back to the family thing. They felt at home, they felt comfortable. Yeah, good shout. In an environment, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, we can go back to the bowling days when he was right on top of the, the pitch and the players. Mm. And if he was an opposition player, you feel intimidated As a home, home player and a fan favourite, that must have made you feel a thousand miles tall because yeah. that that bond between fan and player, which we'll never see again in the modern game, we won't see it. No. The bond between fan and player was so great and um, so mm. immense that when you listen to any interview with, say, Alvin, Alan Devonshire, even David Cross, who I'm a massive fan of, and he could have made my my eleven. any day of the week. Oh, Crossy loves.
0: Yeah, Cross Crossy yeah. attributes his whole career, West Ham career, to being a, to being for the fans. When I interviewed yeah, him, we'd finished, we'd finished the interview, and he said, "No, I want to talk more about the fans." So I had to like record it for another like twenty yeah. minutes while he spoke about the I watched, fans. It's brilliant. I that
1: one a couple of weeks ago, and it, again, that speaks so highly not mm. just of um of the man himself, but how we can positively impact our side and um it, it's, it's the family thing isn't it because yeah it must reflect well it certainly didn't a few years ago i mean it's very much harder nowadays our days because it's such a gap between your working man and um players nowadays yeah it's hard to get that that connection going but well, also
0: also it's like you know like when you know when you was up when he's out some part and as you said it's, it's not just west ham it's indicative of, of modern, gay, modern game you know when we used to you know at west ham we used to Put your hands for the railing to get assigned yeah. uh, Get get, and you know they all would. You know, away players, yeah. home players. they all would. Uh, maybe the away away players as much, but um, and, and things like that. And obviously now you don't get that. Um, you know, it, it's as you said, like uh, they all live in nice apartments in Canary Wolf now. They don't live. I mean, I used to live in Loughton, and I, I mean, when I interviewed Shaka, I used to serve Shaka at Safeways, and Samassi Abu and Paul Kitson and people like that. And you, you get you'd into that. They'd almost be, they were like the, a normal person, you know. It's like rather than this yeah. sort of Uber level of ce- celebrity status, really. Um, and you know, you wouldn't see, I don't know, Lanzini going to the Waitrose and picking up a, a tub of hummus. So you'd get on Deliveroo, or you know. So- it's, it's yeah. but it's it's just it's not just and it's it's not just it's just it's just modern football in general. You you know and I just think it's sad because the excitement you get walking down the road and I don't know you yeah. know I don't know Pete Butler's in front of you or Steve Lomas and you're like oh my god it's Steve Lomas and they would just they wouldn't mind stopping and you would you didn't have phone really you have a camera phone then would you so all, you get an, you get an autograph then rather than a phone but.
1: There's a um, little story going back to me. Slavin Bilic almost made my eleven, um, yeah. And I hope you don't mind me telling this on a quick, mate. Not but, at all. Um, when, when Bilic joined us, I, mean, I was so impressed and amazed by him and his ability and what, when, what an immense player. That, uh, mm. During my younger days, I used to buy football shirts galore. And uh, I popped down Carnaby Street and bought a Croatia shirt. And as I walked out the soccer thing it was... Walks over to the pub opposite, the Shakespeare's arms. Me and my mate just grabbed the point, sitting outside on the table. And uh, my mate just tapped me on the shoulder and went, pointed down there. And I, I what? Turn around. And there's Slab bowling back down Carnaby Street in a leather jacket, looking like the cobblest person I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And uh, my mate just went, whoa, Slav. And he just turned around and went, walked off. And I thought, you won't see that nowadays, would you? Yeah, just no. But yeah, that was Would've... it that
0: one. yeah well that's just awesome and you just getting in it. it's 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 a real sad thing that it, it, that football's got to that le- level of status that you know you don't you just wouldn't bump it well we won't bump into one anyway because no, no fuckers around at the moment but yeah. before <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah. before everything it's just because it was like it's just so much as you said and that's just you still talk about that two seconds of of him noticing you you still talk about it now many many years later and it's like it's like i remember i remember meeting pete i mean pete butler was the first player i ever met and i met him at a junior hammer's birthday party when you used to go in the little school next door in the in the hall and you used to pay like I don't know 15 pound a, a child you used to get like a little birthday party of 20 year mates and a, and a first team football player would turn up and sign autographs and, like, you wouldn't get it now, would you? God, no, you wouldn't have... You wouldn't, could you imagine Balbuena turning up to an of Adventure House party or a McDonald's party? Never happened. Um, that's showing my age, of Adventure House <laughs> fell at Waters. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Pete Butler. And I was like... And he played, I think we was on the Tuesday, and he played on the Monday. He still had, like, a little bit of a black eye. And I was like, oh, my God. And it was like... It was just brilliant. And you just don't get it anymore. And it's sad, but as you said, it is yeah. what it is now, isn't it? There's nothing to do about it. Just modern football, but oh, uh, cool. uh, yeah, well, oh dear, but anyway, Steve, it's been lovely chatting to you. It's been, it's been lovely, really enjoyed uh, it. Thank you. An hour has just passed without really blinking, that's mental, isn't it? Hmm. An hour and two minutes, but anyway, thank you very much, Steve, and no obviously, thank you to everyone for watching as well. Um, like, share, subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or spotify apple podcast whatever uh, make sure you subscribe to that channel and, and share it tell everyone about it um, you know got a few more weeks as all our dreams fade and die as they do every other season but so we'll keep keep the positivity going for at least a few weeks um, and until next time for me and steve take care everyone stay safe come on your wines and we'll see you again very very soon take care everyone see you bye bye
2: sports social podcast network